the question we must ask ourselves this morning, all of us. Are you dying spiritually, and how would you even know? Man, that's a deep question. And that's not a question that we can just glance over. Because being here this morning doesn't mean that you're not dying spiritually. Ooh. And uh, listening to worship songs occasionally or reading a Bible verse throughout the week occasionally doesn't mean that we're not spiritually dying. So Jesus is our only source of life. May we find our way back to true revival. I want you to pause for a moment and just begin to evaluate your spiritual life. Now, I'm not talking about your natural life because most of you are doing good, all right? You've, you've, you've got a house, you've got, you're, doing, you're doing better than the vast majority of the population of the world right now. You've got clothing, you've got food, you've got running water, you've got a toilet. There's so many blessings that are evident in your life, but that does not prove that you are spiritually flourishing or spiritually alive. Help me, Holy Ghost. So there are some signs that we could be dying on the vine. The last thing we want to do is stand before God and hear him say, depart from me, worker of iniquity, I never knew you one who was full of sin, one who did not regard me as Lord, one who did not truly abide in me. I'm not talking about just going to church. I'm not talking about not drinking alcohol anymore. I'm not talking about not cussing people out anymore. I'm talking about, are you spiritually alive? Are you ready to see Jesus Christ if today is your last day on earth? Is your life fruitful as it relates to your spirit, man? You see, there's no machine on earth that we can connect to you and scan your body. I wish there was a spiritual cat scan, but there is no such thing as a spiritual cat scan. We can't lay you down and push you through a machine and see the state of your spirit man. Are his bones weak? Is his heart little? Is his stomach bloated? And, and uh, is there a, the, the, the absence of health in your spiritual man? It's just so tricky. Because you can feel like you're flourishing in life, but be spiritually dead and on our way to a permanent separation from Jesus Christ. So church, none of us should just assume that we are spiritually alive and connected to Jesus Christ. No assumptions may be made. If you get in a car accident, if somebody hits your car today while you're not in it, if somebody hits your car today and they don't have insurance, you don't need to be assuming whether or not you have insurance or not. You don't assume whether or not your car is covered. You know if it's covered or not. So why is it we know about natural things being alive and covered if the coverage is active, but when it comes to spiritual things, we don't know? So there are some signs that we can tell if we are dying on the vine. One of the greatest determiners is this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Again, Holy Spirit, I am asking that you would move upon your people as this word is preached today. May we adjust our lives and get back to a revival of where we loved you with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Lord, if there are people in this place or listening online that have never truly been born again or only halfway committed, Lord, would you renew and rejuvenate your spirit in them in Jesus' name? We're in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and it says this. This is the commandments. Can you say commandment? Commandments. It says this. Do not love this world. Pause right there. That's where many of us begin to go astray because we love this world too much. How do I know? And I'm, I'm talking about me too. Don't ever think that I've got it together because I'm on a 
a, a podium with a purple shirt on, okay? I, I need help too, and I'm preaching to all of us. This is the Holy Spirit. I am not the Holy Spirit. I'm a messenger of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit speaks through me, I have to obey what he's saying too, okay? One of the sure signs that we're dying on the vine is that the love of the world is too strong in us. How do we know? Because it's easy to do everything else than it is to do something spiritual, a sign that we're dying on the vine. I can watch a movie for an hour and a half, but I struggle to pray for 10 minutes. I can go shopping for three hours, but I struggle to get on my knees and pray for seven minutes. These are some signs that we're dying on the vine. When it's much easier to do the things of the world than it is to do the things of God, it means that we are spiritually dying, spiritually malnourished, because our love can only belong to one. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't have two hearts. You've got one heart, and your heart can only belong to one thing. It can belong to the world or it can belong to the Lord. When you're, wherever, your heart, wherever your heart is set, it's easier to do those things. So if I love the world more than I love the Lord, I find it easier to spend time on these activities than I do the spiritual activities. That's a sign that I'm dying on the vine. The command is this, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. And that's my concern for many of the teenagers and many of the young people uh, that attend this church is this. And not just the teenagers, but even the early 20s and 25 and, and young 30s is this. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world... You do not have the love of the Father in you. Can everyone here please put your hand on your heart? Please. Say this with me. Lord, Lord examine, my heart. examine my heart. If the love of the world, the of the world is, in here, is in here, remove it. Remove it. I, surrender it. I surrender it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See, one reason we don't know that we need revival is because we're alive, but not alive in Christ. See, you have life, but not the life that the Lord desires you to have. We must recognize when we are dying on the vine. Verse 16, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, which is lust of the flesh, a craving for everything we see, which is lust of the eyes, and pride in our achievements and possessions, which is the pride of life. Listen to this, church. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. So listen, I'm not preaching to you some legalistic thing that says you can never watch TV, never go shopping, never do things uh, uh, that are related to, to, to the world. I am saying don't love them because if you love them, you'll leave him. If you love them, you'll neglect him. So when I married Brooke, I neglected every other woman in the world because I love her and my allegiance is to her. That's what love is. My allegiance is to you, okay? So I know that after we gave the Lord our heart, that the world still continues to reach for us and try to distract us, but we have to remember that our love belongs to him. Verse 17, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does, not, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Are we dying on the vine? About Almost 10 years ago now, I was suffering with kidney failure and didn't even know it. So I was dying and didn't know it. I was throwing up just about every single day. On my way to work, I'd have to stop at Speedway to get one of the big gulp cups because at some point while I was driving the cruiser on third shift for the sheriff's office, I'd have to just throw up in the cup. There'd be no time to pull over. There'd be no time to make it to the toilet. I was a dying man. And I remember one night I was parked at the American Mall, 
and I was pulled in between uh, right next to uh, where Baskin Robbins used to be at that front entrance, okay? And I just felt so tired. It was like, in, it was like a, a, a tiredness that was not of this world. I just couldn't get it together. I just felt so weak, just like everything was just a task to do. And I even remember dozing off a few times and not being able to wake myself up. And now I can remember, now, now, now that I know what was happening in my body, that night I was dying. I, I was feeling what death feels like physically. Just weakness and tiredness that you can't control. It's like if you're, when your car has a low battery and it's just, it just labors to turn over. The lights labor to come on. That's what was happening to me inside of my body because my kidneys were shutting down. I was a dying man. But still, I didn't go to the doctor. But still, I continued to throw up for weeks and weeks after that because I was stubborn and I refused to see what was going on with my body. Church, don't be stubborn as it relates to your spiritual man living on the inside of you. It's time that we stop neglecting our spiritual man and stop doing everything for the natural man. The natural man gets to eat good. The spiritual man might get a Bible verse a day. The natural man dresses up, gets nice things to wear. The spiritual man can barely put on the garment of praise. The spiritual man can barely, barely pick up the shield of faith. The spiritual man can barely pick up the sword of the spirit. It's time that you begin examining the health of your spiritual man and how we learn if we are living that revived life or not or if we are in need of revival. Your spiritual man, if you don't allow your spirit man to pray very much, it just means we have a love of the world that outweighs our love and devotion to God. How do I know this? Because whatever you love, you'll make time for. So listen to us tell on ourselves. We'll say things like this. Oh, I desire to read the word, but I just don't have the time. Oh, we don't. I desire to pray more, but I just don't have the time. So we've got to examine where's that time going. If there's no time to, to nurture the spirit man, where's that time going? The natural man. The natural man's got shows to watch. The natural man's got a phone. And I'm, I'm just as guilty. The natural man's got a phone. We'll, we'll scroll through that phone for an hour. There, there was your Bible. There was our, I keep saying your, but it's all of us. There was our Bible reading time, Right? We're doing all these things to please the flesh, and the Bible tells us that everything in this world is passing away. We need to be revived. Let's go to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and we're going to break them down one at a time. We're in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I'm not even sure we'll even get to the first step of revival, but God wants me to lay a foundation of what it looks like so that you know that you even need revival, okay? We're in John 15, chapter, uh, chapter, chapter 15, verse 1, and the Lord says this, I am, can you say, I am? I am. Say it again, I am. I am. So, not the world, Nothing in the world, but I am. Say, I am. I am. I think we need to put I am back in his proper place. Yeah. We've got to start looking towards the I am. Because there's nothing in this world that can sustain us. This world is perishing and falling apart. Look at, look at what's happening even in the news. There's your signs of the time. Nobody's looking towards the I am. They're looking to Joe and Donald, and they're looking all over at everywhere else, and the world is crumbling because Joe doesn't have the answers, and neither does Donald. The I am is the source of life. You better get reconnected to the I am. You better start looking back towards to God and taking your, world, your eyes off the things of this world. This is Jesus saying, I am. Do you remember when Moses said, God, who should I tell? Pharaoh sent me. He said, tell them, I am. 
We got to get back to the I am. And Jesus Christ in John 15 says this, verse 1, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus is the source of life to those that belong to or abide in him. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't abide in Christ. Saying that you're a Christian and not abiding in Christ is just like me saying that I am a Californian. I'm not a Californian. My driver's license says Ohio. I live in Ohio. And not only do I live in Ohio, I live in Lima. <laughs> so I got no business saying I'm a Californian when I live in Lima, Ohio. Everything about me is in Lima. All my possessions, my, all my socks, and my, everything I own is here. So how can I say I'm a Californian, but I live right here? So how can we say that we are Christians if we don't abide in Christ? It's easy to say that you're a Christian because you go to church. Coming here doesn't make you a Christian. Abiding in Christ makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is that you are one with God in Christ. So that's where we need to, that's the first revival that we need maybe is to say, where am I? Not what am I, what am I will mess you up. Because it's not what you are that saves you, but whose you are. Who matters more than where and what, okay? So Jesus is the source of life to those that belong or abide in him. And then it says that the father is the gardener. So what's that mean? God the Father cares for the grapevine, the entirety of the grapevine. So Jesus Christ is the grapevine, and we are the branches, and God cares and watches over them all, okay? So God the Father cares for the grapevine and the branches and receives glory when there is much fruit. Can you say much fruit? Because I tell you what, man and ladies, um, if we don't have fruit, we're not in Christ. There should be fruit. There should be evidence that Jesus Christ is in us and that we are in him. Let's continue. We're in verse 2 now. John chapter 15, verse 2. Here's what, the, here's what the, the gardener comes to do. God himself. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. So what does that tell us? It tells us that you could have had a relationship with Jesus Christ at one time, and you could have been abiding in him and producing fruit at one time, but something happened. Something happened in which you were disconnected from the source of life, and you began to not produce fruit anymore. And verse 2 tells us that he cuts off. Say off. off. See, there's a difference between cutting back and cutting off. Cutting back means I'm pruning you so you can produce more fruit. Cutting off means I'm finished with you. All you're doing, all you're doing is wasting resources. You were connected to the vine, but you're producing no more fruit, so I've got to cut you off, okay? We are cut off not because of him wanting to or desiring to. We are cut off because our source becomes something else. See, when Jesus is your source, you produce fruit. But when the world is your source, you dry up. Are you, are we spiritually dry? Can we pray ourselves out of a wet paper bag? Do we, have we committed Bible verses to heart? Can we quote scripture without even looking in the Bible? Why should we able, be able to do that? Because the Bible lives in us. The word of God lives in us. If you're not spiritually alive, it means that you have not, you have removed yourself from the resources which bring you the water and the nutrients that you need to grow. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they produce even more. So Christians, true followers of Jesus Christ, those that abide in him, you're going to have some trouble. 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them from them all. Your affliction is just a setup for your testimony, and your testimony is the way that you overcome the enemy. So you shouldn't count it strange or think it's strange when you go through fiery trials because you're being cut. Why are you being cut? So you can produce more fruit. Why do you need to produce more fruit? Because the world is watching you. You are a living epistle read of men daily. So, Christ, so the world needs to see Christians in trouble. And they need to see what we do when we're in trouble. They need to see that we cry out to God and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, even though this is hard and I don't deserve this, Lord, I'm going to still praise you. And then what happens is our fruit grows in stronger as we remain in faith. So God is supposed to cut you. When my kidneys failed, I said to myself, Lord, is this punishment? And he told me, nope, I'm going to be with you. My grace is sufficient. Now, that's the, best, that's the biggest testimony I've had in my entire life is that I came back from the dead because God was with me. He cut me to the point I thought I got cut off. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes the cutting can be so drastic that you think like, Lord, have you forsaken me? No. And maybe that's why he told me that. That's revelation right there. He said, no, I'm, my grace is sufficient for you. Let's continue. So what is some evidence then that we are dying on the vine? That you can be a Christian, you can still be connected to the vine, but what is the evidence then that you are dying on the vine? Evidence that you are dying on the vine is that your signs of life are beginning to fade. When you go to the hospital, they're going, if you're dying naturally, they're going to hook you up to machines. Check your heartbeat. Check your blood pressure. Check your oxygen level to see how the signs of life are. But these are the spiritual signs of life. And when these begin to weaken as you abide in Christ, it can show you that you're spiritually dying, that you're withering away. Step one. Number one reason or sign of life that begins to waver is our love. It's one of the first, thing that be, first things that begin to go. And there's the love cycle, remember? Step one in the love cycle is God's love for us. You begin to forget how much God loves you. You begin to get in a depression. You begin to walk away from the things of God. You begin to forget how much just how God saved you, how he delivered you, all the love he's shown towards you. You begin to forget. The second sign on that cycle of love is your love for God begins to diminish. What's the sign of that? What's the sign that the, our love of God is beginning to diminish? The Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So when you're beginning to die spiritually, what begins to happen is you begin to love God less, and that is reflected through disobedience to his command. Righteousness begins to decrease and sin begins to increase in your life. That's how you can have Christians uh, doing all kinds of things that they should not be doing, just outright sin in their lives because their love for God is beginning to diminish as their love for the world gets higher. That means that you're dying on the vine. When we begin to neglect our love for our righteous self, this is a good one, so wake up here. When we begin to stop loving ourselves as we ought to, when we begin to stop loving that new self that God has given us, you begin, you begin to neglect who you are in Christ now. So when I love my, my spiritual self, the new man, I'll pray, I'll read the word, I will worship, I will fellowship with others. I will check on people. I will pray for them. I'm all about the good of others because I love the new me. Say this with me. I love, I love the, new the new me in Christ. in Christ. Our problem is we begin to love the old us more, and that's when we start serving the old self better. What would I like to do? What would I like to watch? Where would I like to go? How would I like to spend? What do I want? What's my will? That old man gets stronger and stronger and we begin to cater to the flesh. That's a sign that we're dying spiritually. The final sign that we're dying spiritually as it relates to love is we stop loving other people the way that we should. 
We just, we just stop caring about people like we should. People irk us, and they, ir- they make us more mad than glad. We lose a grace for people. We can't stand to be around them anymore. Even church people get on our nerves, okay? Even people in Christ get on our nerves. Why she got to pray so long? Ah, another Bible study. Ah, why do we always got to go to church? When you hear that stuff living on the inside of you, that's sure proof that you're spiritually weakening and you desire what the world offers more than God. Our second step of that, we're, our second sign of life that we're diminishing is we begin to lose our identity in Christ. It becomes more about the old self than who we are in Christ now. I'm doing more for Damien than I am for Christ in Damien. I'm spending more time doing what I want, what I desire, than what I'm supposed to be doing, my new identity in Christ. So there it is. I'm spending more time as Damien in this world than I am as Christ in Damien in this world. I'm not walking in an anointing. I'm not walking by the Spirit. I am neglecting all of that, and I'm just Damien, just doing what I want going where I go, neglecting everything spiritually about my new identity in Christ means I'm dying spiritually. The next stage is faith. A sign that our spiritual life is diminishing is when we begin to walk not by faith anymore, but by sight. We stop praying, stop believing God for big things. We are, we, fear begins to overtake us. We begin to calculate and try to think our own way out of things. We don't acknowledge God anymore. We used to pray about everything, but now we're thinking it through. We're on Google. We're asking Alexa. I would say Alexa something, but your phones might go off and she might answer me, okay? And we, we just, we consult the world. Even consult demonic things. Darkness comes around us, and we consult what's dark. We, we work our way through the darkness. I don't know God's will anymore. I don't hear God's voice anymore. I don't pray like I used to. Faith is diminishing when your spiritual life is dying on the vine. Finally, your eternal purpose. Barely do you ever do anything that you were created to do anymore. You're just doing all that you desire to do. Listen, we were made for the glory of God. And if we are not fulfilling the reason which God sent us to this earth, then we're doing our own thing. And when you get to that point, that's when God can come by and cut that branch off because it has disconnected itself from the source who is Jesus Christ. Where there's no life, there's no nutrients. So if we stop reading our Bible, how, how much should we read our Bible? Just, is, is, is just a morning devotional good enough? Well, let me ask you this. Um, would just one piece of toast be good enough for all day for your, your natural man? Nope. We start to get upset, hangry, stomach growling, Right? How much Bible should we read? I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you the exact amount of Bible every person should read every day. You ready? Ready? As much as the Holy Spirit directs you. As much as the Holy Spirit directs you. Okay? And I highly doubt it's just going to be a raisin a day. I highly doubt it's just going to be just a little, little bit a day, okay? And we'll get into why in a little bit. Verse 3 says this. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. That tells us the importance of the Word of God As a branch, we are pruned and purified by the messages that he gives us. So the more you're in the Bible, the more you're in the word, the more you're being pruned and purified. So when I read scripture, I can say to myself, oops, that's something I need to stop doing. Oops, I need to repent of that. 
Or, I need to do this more. Oh, oh, I didn't know I could have this. What a blessing. Oh, God, you said that you promised this. Praise God. And so when you're reading the word, that's what's happening to you as a branch. You're being pruned and purified. And so listen to me. There are no shortcuts. So there's no prayer you can pray and just say, Lord, prune and purify me. Because you know what he's going to do? This is what prunes you. And hallelujah, this is what purifies you. It's the living word. And if you, if we are not spending time in this, we're drying up and we're dying spiritually. We're getting ready to get cut off by God because we have no spiritual life. This is what keeps us alive spiritually. This is your only source of power. How can you fight demonic strongholds without being strong enough to do it? Now listen, I'm not, I've never been in the army, okay? But I know there's a mess hall, okay? And I know it might not be the best food, but they're still giving our soldiers nutrients, right? They're giving them some food. So as soldiers of God, we must remember that this is what we are to be eating. Don't get by on snacks, this is about to rhyme, because you will be getting attacked. Don't try to get by on snacks of the Bible. I know a Bible verse a day comes across our phone. I know we can go to the Bible app and, you know, do our little devotional. But listen, listen to this. When just a little bit of Bible satisfies you, it means that you have a very small spiritual stomach, a very small spiritual appetite. And that's why you say, well, how will I ever do this, Pastor? I don't enjoy reading the Bible. I don't understand the Bible when I read it. Stop right there. Time out. Number one, the Bible is not for your enjoyment. It's not for your enjoyment. That's what you're on Netflix for. The Bible is not for your enjoyment. The Bible is for your spiritual life, that you might be strong, that you might be renewed, that you might be courageous. And then if you say, I don't understand the Bible, I know a great, I have a great resource for you, the Holy Spirit. So when you open up the Bible, don't just start reading it like it's a magazine or a cookbook or any other natural book. When you open up the Bible, you say, Holy Spirit, you were sent here to teach me to lead me and to guide me into all truth. Will you please make this word alive to me? Will you help me to understand the things that I don't understand? And on top of that, every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we have Bible study. You can come and hear the word of God, and you can ask questions because your spiritual life, I hope you get this statement, your spiritual life is more important than your natural life. So why do we give our natural life so much time, so much attention, so many resources when this part of us is dying, right? And our inner man is supposed to be renewed day by day. It will go on to live forever, amen? You have already been pruned and purified by the message I gave you. Remain in me... Man, this is good right here. This should be in the Bible. Oh, it is. Verse 4. <laughs> remain in me, and I will remain in you. So you've got a responsibility first. You remain in him, and he will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So what does this mean? Only the word of God brings the nutrients we need to produce fruit. I'll say it again. The reason we get cut off is because we, lose, we walk away from abiding with God. We abide in the world, spend more time in the world. We can't, we can't grow fruit from watching TV all day. We can't grow fruit from, from giving our attention to the phone all day. Fruit only grows when you abide. To abide means to stay, to be planted, to be rooted in Jesus through the word of God. 
And here's, here's the beautiful thing about free will. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do anything I'm saying right now. You can be content to be spiritually dry and be right where you are, or you can be content to grow much fruit because I know that many of us are. But we've got a choice to make about where we're going to abide because only the Word of God brings the nutrients we need to produce fruit. If we remove ourselves from the study of and obedience to the word, we're in danger of being severed from the vine. Man, this is some truth being preached at you this morning on the, Kibbe, on the corner of Kibbe and Elizabeth Street. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a light truth. It's not a make you feel good in your sin kind of truth because that would be a lie anyway. This is some heavy stuff, but it'll save your soul. And I want to say it again. Please open your spirit, man, to receive what I'm about to say under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit right now. Listen again. Only the Word of God brings the nutrients we need to produce fruit. If we remove ourselves from the study of and obedience to the Word, we're in danger of being severed from the vine. How does that sit with you? Is that registering? So it's not something that you need to do as far as it relates to getting into the word of God and setting aside time to eat of the word. It's something that we must do. Amen? Put your hand on your stomach for me and repeat this prayer, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for my appetite from the things of this world that bring me spiritually to dry places. Would you renew in me or create for the first time a spiritual hunger and thirst for righteousness so that I may be filled and fruitful in Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I think, guys. Maybe we should buy a copy, a small copy of the Bible just to put in the refrigerator. And what do I mean by that? We're going to visit that refrigerator. We're going to be there. We're going to make time. We're going to hit that refrigerator. From morning to night, we're going to have a visit there. And we need to be reminded that, you know what? Man cannot live by snacks alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have to make time for the word because it is the word that produces the nutrients in us that bring forth fruit, okay? Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me. So let's talk about Jesus for a moment. So, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit, okay? And he abides in us, all right? Jesus, the Bible says, was the Word of God come to the earth, made flesh. Say this with me. Jesus was, Jesus was. the Word of God, Word of God. Made, man. made man. So the, Jesus was the walking, talking Bible. So Jesus came and was crucified and was raised from the dead and went back to the Father. So then how do we spend time with Jesus now on earth? Remember, Jesus was the word of God made flesh. So when you open a Bible, there's Jesus. The way you spend time with Jesus is to get in the Word of God and begin to study His Word, and He will talk to you. Well, some of you might say, well, God never talks to me. I don't even know what His voice sounds like. How do you know it's Him or not? Because you spent time in the Word, and this Word is Jesus. So every time I read the Bible, I'm unpacking Jesus. Every time I read the Bible, I'm hearing the voice of God. Every time I read the Bible, I'm seeing the face of God and learning about his character. You've got to spend time in the word of God in order to abide in him. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me 
and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So what does it look like to die on the vine then? Those who remove themselves from close fellowship with the word will find it impossible to accomplish anything purpose-related which glorifies God. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. So here's the question we have to ask the Lord this morning relating our spiritual man. I know that your natural man is in this building right now, but we need to find out where our spiritual man is because here's what the Word of God says. If we abide in him, we're producing fruit. If we're not producing fruit, then we've been cut off and we're in a pile of sticks. So we need to determine, is your soul dried up and in a pile of sticks just waiting to be, just waiting to be set on fire? Or is your soul connected to Jesus Christ and producing much fruit? If you leave your first love and return to the lust of this world, we are thrown away and gathered to be burned. Verse 7, here's the promise. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, how, how do we get his words to remain in us? The Bible. we got to get back to reading the Bible. You see, Satan has been so effective in the destruction of America. And I'll tell you how. Got the Bible out of schools, got God out of schools, getting God out of government and God off the, off the airwaves and can't say this and can't do that. So the further the enemy has been able to put, and doesn't it make sense that if the devil is the father of lies, that he found it necessary to push the Bible as far out of society as he could and make this the new normal? Don't you see how kids now, uh, generation after generation, is growing to be more wicked? Why is that? Because the Bible has been pushed so far out of society. May we not push it out of our own lives. Stand to your feet, please. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That is a sign of being alive in Christ. That is a sign of having been revived. When you can ask God for anything, according to his will, of course, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. The first two words in verse 7 are, but if, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, but if, so but if is the key to this personal revival. So the key to the personal revival, and God, he, he didn't even allow me to get to the steps of revival yet. He has to deal with our hearts first. He has to make sure that we see where we are first. Am I spiritually dried up in danger of just one spark, one event to set my soul and my whole life on fire? Or am I abiding in him by abiding in him through the study of the word and obedience to the word? Am I producing much fruit for the glory of the Father? Am I in a position to where I can ask the Father anything and it be done for me? That's the power of intimacy with God. See, we have an intimacy problem. That's the first thing that needs to be revived is our intimacy with the Lord, our closeness to the vine. We are the branches and the branches belong connected to the vine. But if you break up with God, if you find a different source through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, you'll be a dried up branch. His lovers abide with him. But the lovers of the world, those that have lust for the world, they will be cut off of him and placed into a pile, ready to be set on fire. So the key to personal revival is to recognize that you've separated yourself from the king, the vine, the source of life, the study of and obedience to the word of God activates faith 
and propels you towards a fruitful purpose. The study of and obedience to the Word of God activates faith and propels you towards a fruitful purpose. The study of and obedience to the Word of God activates faith and propels you towards a fruitful purpose. You can do nothing without me, is what Jesus said. The Bible is Jesus. I can do nothing without the Bible. Because, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because everything outside of this Bible is not of faith. And everything that is not of faith is sin. How do you know when you're dried up? How do you know when you're just a branch withering with no fruit? Because you don't ever spend time in this word. You don't spend time and obey. So not just read, but obey. You have to not just study, but study to show yourself approved. Do what you're studying. Father, I pray for two things to come to this church, God. Number one, you said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. So when we call for prayer meetings, God, with those that are not dried up or those who are dried up, may they repent and return to the house of God for the hour of prayer. Not only may there be a return to corporate prayer, but Lord, may personal prayer make a reappearance in the American home. May prayer be the center of everything that families do, God. May families begin to to pray together again, God. Bring prayer back to the home. May husbands and wives pray more. I repent, God. May fathers pray more over their children. I repent, God. May fathers pray more over their families. I repent, God. May fathers begin to say, Lord, I'm not in control of this home. I'm just a priest, God, but you are the high priest. And Lord, I serve you in this home, and I, I repent for neglecting the spiritual man. We repent for neglecting the spiritual man. So much darkness would have not creeped into our lives and our homes if we had been on guard and the word of God would have been alive and active in our souls. The small foxes would not be able to come in and destroy the vine if we had been in the word and the lion of Judah had risen up inside of us. We would have saw the small foxes and we would have set their tails on fire and have them running. But we neglect the word. So that means we've got idols. If we don't put the Bible first, then we've got, an, we've got some idols. Where are our idols? Many of them are in our pocket right now. Or in our purse right now. Those things that we consult more than God. Not legalistic. This ain't about laws. It's about love. It's about abiding in Jesus. Abiding in his word, studying his word. Do you remember when you used to study? Remember when you used to sit at the dinner table with the Bible open, a concordance open, a dictionary open, a notebook, a pen, markers? Remember when you used to do that? That's where we need a revival. Right there. Revival is not an emotional high. Revival is devotion, discipline doing those first things that our love used to do. But at some point, the Bible, the source of life, got replaced. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Show us where we are, God. We can do nothing without you. That's what you said. You can do nothing without me. The only thing that you can do without Jesus is dry up and get cut off and be thrown in the fire. Don't neglect the study and obedience to the Word of God. Don't, don't neglect Jesus. When you neglect the Bible, you neglect Jesus. When you ignore the Bible, you ignore Jesus. And you don't live by these laws and commandments anymore. 
we live to please ourselves. Because he said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. For the next several moments, I want you all to enter into a personal prayer time where you begin to repent for your idols. Begin to repent for neglecting that Bible. Begin to repent for neglecting to study. Somehow the world has come into our lives and the old man is in charge again. We need to crucify the old man so that the new man might rise up and begin to give orders. When you are spiritually alive, your spirit man bosses your natural man around. Your spirit man says, nope, I'm not watching this garbage. I'm going to go spend time in the word. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go worship the Lord like I used to. Remember when you used to worship the Lord in your house by yourself and you would be crying and you would just be praising God all by yourself? Remember how much you used to love the Lord when he first saved you. You were so grateful. You were so thankful. You knew you were unworthy, but he still called you out of darkness and wrapped his arms around you. So to walk away from him is to remove ourselves from his embrace and to go embrace the things of the world. Meaning we are two-timers. We are adulterers. We have left our first love. Let that not be said about us. Renew in us, O God, a clean heart and the right spirit. Church, go home and find your Bibles. I'm not talking about the Bible on your phone or your iPad. Technology can be a wonderful thing, but there's many distractions there as well. Church, would you please find your Bibles? and get a bookmark, and get a pen, and get a notebook, and begin to study the Word of God again. And I guarantee you that you will see fruit again in your lives because you have chosen to abide in Him. Make the Bible your favorite book again. Thank you, Jesus. Because the Bible is not just the Bible. As you see me here holding this Bible, it's no different than me hugging Jesus right now. Love your Bible again because your Bible is Jesus. Father, I pray finally for these people that you love so much. We repent for our idols, God. Our idols steal our time. They steal our devotion. They make us ignorant. They make us spiritually weak. They make us blind. They kill our discernment. They allow sin to creep up. They lead us off into foolishness and rebellion. The Bible, God, your word, your living word, renew our passion and our love for it. In Jesus' name, amen.